Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we want to examine the story of a man healed of leprosy in Mark chapter 1. Jesus is approached by a man with leprosy who is unsure if Jesus would be willing to heal him. In this story, we discover four important facts about the healing God offers us. So let's turn to Mark chapter 1 and read verses 40 to 45 in the New King James Version. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. This same story is also recorded in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, and Luke 5, verses 12 to 16. Both Matthew and Luke contain the same basic details found here in the Gospel of Mark. A leprous man approached Jesus, but was unsure if Jesus would be willing to heal him. Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Jesus told the man that he would be willing to heal him. The leprous man was immediately healed. Jesus told the man not to publicize his healing. He was to go and show himself to the priest to confirm his healing in accordance with the law of Moses. Both Mark and Luke talk about how this leper proclaimed his healing to everybody, making it difficult for the public ministry of Jesus because of the overwhelming popularity that Jesus had at that time. In the Bible, leprosy included a variety of skin diseases, ranging from mild skin disorders like ringworm to a very serious and contagious disease like Hannison's disease, or what the Bible calls leprosy. The detailed instructions regarding leprosy given in Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 are designed to help the priest distinguish between leprosy and benign skin conditions. It was not until 1847 that leprosy was clinically differentiated from other skin diseases. Leprosy serves as an excellent illustration of sin. It is deeper than the skin, Leviticus 13 and verse 3. It spreads, Leviticus 13 verses 5 to 8. It defiles and isolates, Leviticus 13 verses 44 to 46. 
and it renders things only fit for the fire. Leviticus 13, verses 47 to 59. This man had leprosy. He was one of the untouchables in the first century society. Lepers were required to avoid all human contact, remain outside of houses, and cry unclean as a warning to others. Leprosy was a disease that brought anguish on all levels, physically, socially, mentally, and religiously. Think about this leprous man. Physically, there was the physical deformity of his body on his face and his limbs caused by this disease. Socially, the leper was also a social outcast because leprosy is contagious and he is therefore required to separate himself from the rest of the community. Religiously, the leper was looked upon as unclean. He is therefore separated and forbidden to participate in religious worship. Mentally, think about how all of this would affect his faith in God. I am a curse to God. After all, the Old Testament talks about how Miriam was struck by leprosy because she opposed the leadership of Moses. Numbers 12 and verse 10. Suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned towards Miriam, and there she was, a leper. Then Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, was afflicted with leprosy for his greed. 2 Kings 5 and verse 27. Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. These are the words of Elisha. And he went out from his presence, leprous, as white as snow. Somehow this man had heard about the fame of Jesus and his healing ministry. This created hope in this leprous man. If only Jesus would be willing to heal me, he probably thought to himself. So this man sought out Jesus for cleansing from this dreaded disease. So in this story, we see four important factors about the healing that God offers us. The first factor we see in this story is desperation. This leper was desperate for healing. Verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. This leper wanted to be healed. He was desperate. Because of his desperation, he took a risk in approaching Jesus to be healed. Luke chapter 5 and verse 12 tells us that this man was full of leprosy. Lepers were supposed to keep their distance from others and warn them that they were nearby because leprosy was contagious. They were to cry out, unclean, unclean, to warn people around them. This leper was convinced that Jesus could heal him, and there was a possibility that he would be willing to heal him. He wanted to be healed, so he was willing to take the risk to approach Jesus. This leper did something that lepers were forbidden to do, approach a person who was non-leprous. This was an act of desperation. He was conscious of his own state, but earnestly desired to be cleansed from leprosy. The account of the leper's approach to Jesus found in verse 40 gives us an example of the type of prayer that God answers. He was earnest and desperate. He was reverent. 
He was humble and submissive. He was believing. He acknowledged his need. He was specific, not bless me, but make me clean. He was personal. He was brief, using only five words in the original Greek. These are the actions of a desperate man. The risk he took clearly showed to Jesus that this man wanted to be healed. The leper decided, if I'm going to be healed, I'm going to have to get to Jesus while he's in this community. If an opportunity is not going to open up to me, then I'm going to take the risk and try to get to Jesus. I'm just going to have to approach him and hope for the best. There are many Christians who do not believe that God will heal them. They are skeptical about divine healing. Our society makes it easy not to depend on God for health or for healing. We would rather depend on our health care system. In the first century, only the rich could afford doctors. The only time we really get serious about God's healing is when the doctor can't do anything for us. If we can't believe God for little problems, how can we believe him for the big ones? This man wanted to be healed. He was desperate. Desperation is the key to healing. It is a key component in this story. But it is also a key component to many of the healings that we find recorded in the Gospels. Let's look at some examples. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 29. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Look at the desperation of this woman. She had suffered from this condition for 12 years. She had gone to many doctors for help, but no relief came. Instead, she got worse. She spent all of her money on this cure. She was not a leper, but she was unclean according to the law. She touched Jesus, believing that she would be healed. Desperation was clearly a component in this story. Let's look at Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, another story of desperation. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. For Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Look at the desperation of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. He kept crying out to get the attention of Jesus as he passed by. Even when others told him to be quiet, he persisted in calling out to Jesus. 
He was a desperate man who wanted to be healed, and he received his sight from Jesus. Look at Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30, another story of desperation. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had gone to her house, she found the demon gone out, and her daughter lying on the bed. Look at the desperation of this Syrophoenician woman who sought healing for her daughter. Jesus sought to hide from the public, the Bible tells us, but this woman sought him out. The Bible tells us that she kept asking him to heal her daughter. She was persistent. Jesus appeared to refuse her request because she was a Gentile, but she continued to persist because she was desperate. Jesus healed her daughter because of her faith. How persistent are you? This leprous man was desperate. The second component we see in this text is faith. He believed Jesus could heal him. Verses 40 to 42. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. This man had a misconception about Jesus and his healing. If you are willing, you can make me clean. In the leper's petition, we can hear this misconception. This leper knew Jesus could heal him, but he was unsure if he was willing to do it. We don't doubt that Jesus has the power to heal us, but we question, is he willing to heal us? Christians today have the same doubt. I know God has the power to heal, but is he willing to heal me? We will without hesitation seek healing from the medical profession, but we doubt God's willingness to heal us. This is the issue we need to settle. What does the Bible say about healing? Is God willing to heal the sick? Christians are forever wavering back and forth on this issue. I challenge you to settle this issue of healing and search out what the Bible says about healing. This leper had faith in Jesus to heal, but questioned his willingness to heal him. The Bible tells us that Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him in verse 41. Jesus acted. He responded when he saw this leprous man. When Jesus saw this man's need, he was moved with compassion. Compassion gripped him or came upon him. He touched him and healed him, the Bible tells us. How often do we see the needs of others but remain unmoved and uninvolved in their lives. James talks about this. 
Suppose you see a brother or a sister who needs food or clothing, and you say, Well, goodbye, and God bless you. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give the person any food or clothing. What good is that? That's James 2, verses 15 and 16 in the New Living Translation. There are over 400 scripture passages admonishing us to care for the poor and the needy. Every time we read this phrase in the Gospels, that Jesus was moved with compassion, a miracle occurs. In this passage, leprosy was cleansed when Jesus was moved with compassion. Look at what Jesus did here. He stretched out his hand and touched him. This was a spontaneous gesture of love. Love in action. He stretched out his hand. Why would this be so meaningful to this leper? Because he was leprous. He had never felt the touch of others. He was contagious. He was untouchable. And therefore did not experience compassionate touch. Jesus violated rabbinical regulation regarding ritual defilement by touching this leper. The Bible says that he touched him. Under the law, a person became ceremonially unclean when he touched the leper. In addition to this, there was, of course, the danger of contracting a contagious disease. When Jesus touched this leper, he was not made unclean. Instead, he made the leper clean. This may have been the first touch this leper had experienced from another person in many years. The healing was immediate, complete, and visible to all when Jesus touched this man. Jesus demonstrated his willingness to heal through his touch of this leprous man. Was Jesus willing to heal this man? He answered, I am willing, be cleansed. It was done. The phrase, I am willing, is written in the present tense in the Greek, which denotes continuous action. He is continuously willing. Jesus is always willing to heal. Be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus is often more willing to heal than we are to be healed. Faith is another key to healing. The presence of faith is a key component in this story, but it is also a key component in many of the healings recorded in the Gospels. So let's look at some examples. We have already looked at the woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 verse 34 tells us that he, that is Jesus, said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus comments on the lady's faith. Look at what Jesus says to blind Barnabas in Mark chapter 10. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. That's Mark chapter 10, verse 52. Again, there is the presence of faith in blind Barnabas, and Jesus recognized his faith. Looking at the story of the Syrophoenician woman, Jesus said to her in Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Again, Jesus comments on this woman's faith. 
So the presence of faith is a key component in many of the stories of healing found in the Gospels. And faith was a key component in this story in our text. We must be desperate and we must have faith in order for healing to come. Now there's a third component that we see in this text. Obedience. Jesus required obedience from this man. Verses 43 and 44. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Here we have a negative example, an example of what not to do. What did Jesus tell the man to do after he healed him of leprosy? Two things this man was to do. First, he was bound to silence. See that you say nothing to anyone, Jesus told him. And secondly, he was told to go to the priests. Show yourself to the priests, Jesus told this man. Jesus told him not to tell anyone that he was healed. Jesus told him in the strongest possible terms to be silent. The New King James Version tells us he strictly warned him. The New Living Translation says it this way, He told him sternly. He was told with a strong warning to be silent about his healing. His demand for silence has several plausible explanations. First, the report of Jesus healing this man may prejudice the priest who needed to pronounce him clean. Secondly, Jesus did not want any more attention than necessary to his healings. So he often commanded those who received healing to remain quiet. And thirdly, the man's testimony would possibly have hastened the confrontation between Jesus and the religious leaders. And so for these reasons, Jesus asked the man to be silent. Jesus' fame was spread quickly. That is why the disciples said back in verse 37, Everyone is looking for you. Everyone was looking for Jesus because he was known to be a healer, and they wanted to be healed by Jesus. He was told to go to the priest. Prompt obedience was required of this man. Go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. The man was not to tell anyone about his healing, but he was to go and report to the priest that they might officially pronounce him clean. This requirement is found in Leviticus chapter 14, verses 1 to 32. He was to go at once to the priest and fulfill the law's requirements. Until pronounced clean by the authorities, he would have no right to resume normal social relationships in the community. Only the priest had the authority to officially pronounce him clean. This requirement to go to the priest immediately could have been a temporary measure that was in force until the man was pronounced clean by the priest. He was also to go to the temple to offer thanksgiving to God for his healing. This is an important principle as well that we should never ignore, being thankful to God for what he has done to us. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus required the ten lepers who came to him for healing to report to the priest. Luke 17 verses 14 and 15. So when he saw them, he said to them, 
go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. Notice in the story that the lepers were healed as they went in obedience to Jesus' command. Also notice the emphasis on thanksgiving for the healing in this story. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. But Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? This is Luke 17, verses 15 to 17. The leprous man in our text did not obey the command of Jesus. The New Living Translation says it this way, But as the man went on his way, he spread the news, telling everyone what had happened to him. That's verse 45. The Bible does not tell us if this man reported to the priest, or even if he took his offering required by the law of Moses. Obedience is another key to healing. The disobedience of this man is clearly highlighted in this story. Obedience is a key component of many of the healings recorded in the Gospels. For example, the man in the synagogue with the withered hand that Jesus healed. Jesus said, stretch out your hand, and he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. That's Luke 6 and verse 10. Jesus required the simple act of obedience, and healing came. Stretch out your hand was his command. The paralyzed man that Jesus healed in the house, in Luke chapter 5, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said to him, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Jesus required an act of obedience from this man, and he was healed. The man born blind, Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back, seeing. That's John 9 and verse 7. Again, Jesus required a simple act of obedience, and healing came. In each of these instances that we've talked about, obedience was the key to healing. A simple act of obedience Jesus required of them. And as they obeyed his word, healing came to each of these individuals. In this story, we have the negative example of what we should not do. We should not disobey the words of Jesus. We have been talking about three important components of healing. Desperation, faith, and obedience. So let's look at this final component found in verse 45. The fourth component is proclamation. He proclaimed his healing to others, verse 45. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. Proclamation of our healing is what we should do. But in this particular case, the leper was commanded not to tell others about his healing. The cleansed leper did not obey Jesus' simple injunction to keep quiet. 
As a result, Jesus had to remain in deserted places. Those are the words of the New King James Version. Because the crowds swarmed him. The New Living Translation says it this way, But as the man went on his way, he spread the news, telling everyone what had happened to him. As a result, such crowds soon surrounded Jesus that he couldn't enter the town anywhere publicly. He had to stay out in the secluded places. The people from everywhere came to him there. At this stage in his ministry, Jesus was seeking to avoid publicity. Multitudes thronged around him to be healed, and news about this leper's healing only made matters worse. Jesus was forced to withdraw from the crowds and minister in secluded places. Regardless of how pure this man's motives were, his publication of his healing only served to impede the Lord's work. Most of the healings that Jesus did were done in public for all to see. Jesus was not telling this man to never tell anyone about his healing. He was to go to the priests first so that the priests could confirm his healing. The New Living Translation says, Go right over to the priest and tell him to examine you. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Take along the offering required in the Law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy, so everyone will have proof of your healing. The New Century Version says it this way, Don't tell anyone about this, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded for his people who are made well. This will show the people what I have done. So Jesus was not trying to squelch this man's testimony. He was not trying to keep it quiet permanently. Jesus wanted him to report to the priests first and to be declared healed before this man was to go and tell others. This man would have to go to the priest to have the priest examine him, and then he could tell his story. God wants us to tell our story, to tell others what God has done for us. We should proclaim our healing to others. Looking at the woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years in Mark chapter 5, she was healed in secret by touching the robe of Jesus, and she was satisfied to keep her healing secret but Jesus wanted this healing to be made public. After this woman touched the robe of Jesus, the Bible tells us immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? This healing could have gone unnoticed known only by the woman and Jesus. But Jesus stopped, the Bible tells us. He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. That's Mark 5, verses 32 and 33. Jesus wanted this healing to be known. By testifying to God's healing, we are confessing the truth that God has healed us. Our testimony of God's healing deepens and extends and expands God's healing work in us. Our proclamation of God's healing is a key component in keeping our healing. It is important to proclaim our healing to others. 
unless, of course, God tells us not to. And in this story, Jesus told him not to tell others, but to report to the priest first. The four important components of healing are desperation, faith, obedience, and proclamation. Those who were desperate were the ones who came to Jesus for healing and were not denied. Faith is always present when Jesus heals the sick. Obedience is a key component to many of the healings recorded in the Gospels. And proclamation, telling our story of how God heals us. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like this podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? There is a website you could visit, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you can find an archive of all of these messages and also book recommendations. You can contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com or at the Facebook page, Relevant Truth Podcast. The music used in this podcast was produced by my son, Brent Mason. Thanks for listening.